This program deals with themes of an adult nature and is intended for a mature audience. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside of this world. We must guard against the military-industrial complex. Exopolitics, paranormal phenomena, and deep analysis of current world events. From somewhere in the desert, between Area 51 and Roswell, blasting across the planet, the Manticore Network proudly presents Fairy Tales. Because the truth will set you free. Headline edition, July 8, 1947. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! The power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery, fight for liberty! The only thing we have to fear is fear itself! Sooner or later, though. You always have to wake up. Be skeptical, but don't close your mind. Greetings to everyone around the world, and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas Radio at VeritasRadio.com. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time, Make yourself at home. I want to thank all our members for your loyalty and support. Tonight's special guest is a veteran of this program. The last time he was on, we were disconnected 24 times while discussing secrets of anti-gravity propulsion and other interesting information that maybe some didn't want us to disclose. If you haven't listened to my first interview with Paul Aviolette, go to the past shows section and you will find it in November 2009. It is a true classic. And tonight, we will literally be all over the universe. Since I don't get a chance to talk to Paul that often, we'll discuss his research, past and present, and how to mitigate the external threats the planet may be facing in the not-too-distant future. Dr. Paul Aviolette will be with us shortly. To listen to tonight's full interview, become a Veritas member. Just go to our website, VeritasRadio.com, click on the subscribe button, and receive instant access. Why wait? For only $7.95 per month, you can listen to every program, audio and video, hundreds of hours in CD audio quality, and take Veritas with you wherever you go. Subscribe today. And don't forget to visit the Veritas store, where you can purchase many of our products, including MMS. And if you need to get in touch with me, click on the contact button of our website, veritasradio.com, and also join me on Facebook. 
According to Dr. Paul Laviolette, the story of Atlantis is an allegorical story describing the creation of matter. Did you know there is now evidence showing that there is no black hole at the center of our galaxy? Did you know that the most recent Pleistocene mass extinction may have had a solar cause? Did you know that pulsars are distributed in the sky in a non-random fashion, often marking key galactic locations, and that their signals are of intelligent origin? These extraterrestrial beacons are warning us about a past galactic core explosion disaster that could recur in the near future. For this and much more, Dr. Paul Laviolette is coming up next. This is Mel Fabregas, and you're listening to Veritas. Don't go anywhere. This is Santos Bonacci, and you are listening to Veritas Radio. Dr. Paul A. Laviolette is author of Secrets of Anti-Gravity Propulsion, Subquantum Kinetics, Earth Under Fire, Genesis of the Cosmos, Decoding the Message of the Pulsars, Galactic Superwaves and Their Impact on the Earth, and is editor of A Systems View of Man. He has also published many original papers in physics, astronomy, climatology, systems theory, and psychology. He received his BA in physics from Johns Hopkins, his MBA from the University of Chicago, and PhD from Portland State University, and is currently president of the Starburst Foundation. His background proves him to be a Renaissance man, a man for all seasons. His foundation is strongly scientific. His creative mind seeks the big answers to the big questions. Dr. Laviolette is no stranger to this program. And for those of you who are listening to Paul Laviolette for the first time here, I highly suggest you listen to our first interview, recorded in November 2009, in which we were disconnected 24 times, as we discuss secrets of anti-gravity propulsion and other interesting information. And directly from Athens, Greece, where it's almost midnight, I'm honored to welcome Dr. Paul Laviolette back to Veritas. Hello and Kalispera, Paul. Welcome back to Veritas. How are you? Oh, fine. Glad to be here, Mel. It's a great pleasure for me to have you back, uh, Paul. It's been almost two years from that classic interview we did, and I certainly hope that we don't have any interruptions as we had last time. But yeah. since, since I'm only privileged to talk to you every few years, I'll be all over the place, all over the galaxy and beyond, literally. But before <laughs> we start, Paul, and I know this is not an area you discuss too much, but you also have an MBA and you're living in Greece right now. Give us a quick perspective. Uh, we hear a lot from the media, but you're there. Tell us what is life in Greece with all this economic turmoil right now for the average person and what do you see happening? 
Well, um, you know, their wages, even before the uh, this crisis hit, their wages were already low by European standards, like the average person would get uh, maybe $1,000 a month for salary. <clears throat> and now with the austerity measures, their salaries are, are being cut. Uh, bonus is, was removed that they would get around Christmas time. Uh, the sales tax uh, doubled. Um, they're talking about putting property taxes. Um, the economy has sort of shrunk as a result that people uh, don't have as much money to spend, and so they don't buy as many things. Um, just on uh, the street that I live on, like half the shops have closed. Oh. Um, and this is typical of many places in Athens. Um They've sort of depended as their main uh, uh, source of income on tourism. And with the recession, uh, well, fortunately, that's been holding up. Um, actually, the uh, the crisis in Africa helped their tourism because people that would have gone to, uh, to North Africa decided to, to visit Greece instead. Um, so... Uh, the thing is that they they don't have too much in the way of manufacturing. You know, they have aluminum industry and uh, uh, they have some uh, resources they export. Um, but uh, it's mainly agriculture, uh, like uh, fruits and vegetables, uh, honey, things like this. Um, the, the thing is... Uh, well, I, I got my degree at the uh, University of Chicago, and one thing about the Chicago School of Economics theory is uh, on money supply. If you shrink money supply, um, you're going to shrink the economy. Of course. And uh, this is basically uh, proving that Chicago theory is right. You know, it's sort of like an experiment on Greece. Um, and sure enough, by... Uh, uh, imposing these restrictions um, to pay off their debt, it's sort of like this major outflow of money for paying the debt. Uh, the result is the economy has shrunk. And uh, the problem is, can they generate enough money to um, counter their expenses, you know? And uh, so they're sort of like in a double bind. Um, now you start here instead of uh, debt, you hear the word bankruptcy <laughs> very frequently in the news. Um, so it's, you know, the question is how will Europe react to this? Are they willing to be a little more lenient in Greece's case? Whereas like Italy and Spain have uh, major industries. Oh, somebody's calling me. <laughs> so just, um, yeah, and so uh, as like I was saying in this interview, um, um, I guess they hung up. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so uh, this is the problem. Um, and um, uh, personally, I think that one solution would be for them to start using free energy here. <laughs> of course, and they have the right person right there in Greece. But I really don't think Greece can repay its debt, just like many other countries. And as you say, Italy and Spain may have some hope. I really don't see how Greece can do it. Uh, default may be the only option, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, could be. But anyway, I uh, 
I'm so glad to have you here because there's a lot in the news, especially in the world of subcontinent kinetics that we'll, we'll be discussing. But I thought about you last week, uh, Paul. We saw here in the States how millions of people in Southern California, Arizona, and, and even Mexico lost uh, electricity. Apparently, one one utility company employee created the, the problem. But I couldn't help but think of you when this mm-hmm. happened. In a macro way, this could also happen at a larger scale via a super wave or even a massive solar flare. Can you paint a scenario of what this could do to a nation short, short and long term? Uh, yeah, well, like <clears throat> they've done a study about what would happen if there was a uh, solar flare similar to what we had 150 years ago in 1859. It's called the Carrington event. Um, if that sort of that's that was the largest solar proton event to hit hit us in modern times, and now that was before the present technology of power distribution systems that we have. Um, so what they say is if that now occurred today, um, what would happen is uh, you get these huge voltage surges on the power lines that are like trans. Uh, transcontinental uh, that you know would go for thousands of miles of wire um, because what happens uh, when the uh, solar protons hit the uh, magnetic fields they cause uh, the magnetic field of the earth to move and that generates huge currents uh, in the in the power lines and this would basically burn out the step down transformers and um, the problem is they don't <clears throat> have enough uh, transformers on hand to replace them. Uh, and they need power to manufacture new transformers. So uh, some of the pred- projections say that you could be out of power for as much as five to ten years, uh, which means basically uh, horses uh, would go up in price. <laughs> uh, <laughs> be in great demand. Uh, so if you have a horse farm, you'd be in good shape. <clears throat> um, uh, the other problem is that our food distribution depends yes. on power. Uh, gas pumps don't work without power. Um, uh, the pharmaceutical industry would grind to a halt uh, since it needs power to make uh, the pills that we use. So uh, it, it's... Uh, would have a major impact, uh, for, to be, uh, to say the least. Um, the, the, the answer would be to um, get away from the major power distribution systems we use, um, closer to alternative energy where each house generates their own power or each factory generates its own power. When we hear the words uh, galactic superwave, uh, we, of course, think of you and this happened before in 1859. Is there a record of this happening even before that? I guess what I'm asking is number two questions. Number one, preparing for such an event would it be futile, or are there practical ways to mitigate this? Uh, well, uh, <clears throat> if we had enough warning when it was happening, uh, we could like put out a warning to people, but. Um, I'm a little doubtful. I think it will happen in a sudden way, sort of take us by surprise. Um, <clears throat> the super wave travels at uh, very close to the speed of light, 
in superwave being the cosmic these cosmic rays that are, would be coming towards us. Uh, so when it arrives, that's when you know it's here. It's not like you see it coming. Um, <clears throat> and now there was a recent uh, thing in the news where they saw a black hole in the distant galaxy, what they believe is black hole, and I have a different view on that, um, that it suddenly uh, turned on, whereas before it was uh, the galaxy was in a normal state, suddenly it, it basically looked like you had a quasar at the core of the galaxy. Uh, and they were saying that it, 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 theorizing that maybe the, the core of the galaxy swallowed a star. Well, I believe that what really happened is that this is an example of a galaxy going into the quasar state, uh, which is normal for galaxies. Uh, it's just that we hadn't caught one uh, going into from quiescent to active. This was the first time we saw one. <clears throat> and what we found was that it turned on just in a matter of minutes, uh, reaching maximum intensity. So that's how fast that this could happen. And uh, if you were outdoors, you know, you might get a substantial radiation dose um, as to how much, you know, this is speculative uh, because we haven't gone through any of these in recent times. <laughs> so we don't have much of a database. So what you mentioned about the galaxy going into quasar state what would happen to our galaxy if that would, were to happen here? Well, a quasar state would be usually for... Uh, we haven't seen this type of intensity in the past in our galaxy, looking at the, the geologic record. Um, I, I believe that the core of our galaxy goes into what would be better described as ciphered state, which is 1,000 times less intense. Uh, it's just that the core of our galaxy doesn't generate the kind of real major outbursts that you see in some of these other very large galaxies. Um, but still, even so, um, it would be uh, quite substantial. It, w it w might not be an enough to uh, kill you in terms of radiation dose. Um, it, it could give you... Uh, would be enough to raise your, the mutation rate if you were exposed outdoors. Um, uh, but I, I think that the things that are really dangerous would be coming from the sun, and there, there's a link between these core explosions and the solar activity. Um, and the, the chain of reasoning as to what happens is that the uh, the superwave cosmic rays end up pushing cosmic dust into the solar system that normally is kept out by the solar wind. And this dust uh, then uh, is um, sort of shrouds the sun and ends up falling into the sun, and that aggravates the sun. So if that keeps up for decades and decades, eventually uh, the, the sun becomes more and more active and turns into more or less of a T-Tauri star, which is a, a star that's continually flaring, and, and then th that it can become dangerous. Um, and I believe that's what happened at the end of the Ice Age. Uh, the sun went into this activated state. But anyway, uh, you were asking about what you can do to prepare. Um, well, 
uh, there's talk about uh, secret uh, underground <laughs> uh, fallout shelters that have been built by the government. Um, uh, in fact, uh, at Denver Airport. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it because you don't want to believe. You want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.